Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. Hey, um, so today begins our 21 days of prayer and fasting, and, and I don't know if everyone understands what fasting is or, you know, understands why, why we do it or why it's a, a spiritual discipline that we practice here. And, you know, fasting is something that we see in both Old and the New Testament. And really what it is, in essence, is, you know, we see biblically, normally it's someone giving up food for a certain amount of time. Um, but we also see, I, I believe it's in the book of Corinthians where Paul instructs, he says, hey, husband and wife, to grow with, in, in efforts to grow closer to the Lord, you guys spend some time apart intimately. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay? Husband and wife, spend some time apart intimately and then come back together. And this is to pursue the Lord, to, to, to fix our eyes on him. So uh, I think from that we can gather that fasting isn't only just food. Um, I, I think ultimately it's what's distracting us from, from greater intimacy with our, with our Heavenly Father. I think that's what it is. What, you know, so for us, maybe that translates for us today where we spend countless hours a day scrolling on social media, mindless, mindless thoughts, right? We spend hours just posted up watching Netflix, right? Like me and my wife, we just started watching the Star Wars thing a little bit because we've never got into it. So we're, we're journeying our way through that. Um, but, but for real and for you, so over these 21 days, it starts today. I want you to search your heart. Like what is that thing that where if you removed, you knew, you know what, this is a distraction for me. If I would remove this for these 21 days, I know this would help me to fix my focus on Jesus. This would help me to grow closer to him because that, that's the, ultimately, that's what we're trying to accomplish through this fast. And you can see fasting, it's something that's done in the Old Testament and the New Testament alike. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the story of Esther, but she needs to approach the king and she's trying to save her people and she calls them to fast and they fast. And as she approaches the king, she has favor with the king that otherwise I don't believe she would have had because they fasted and they prayed. We, we see when Daniel's in the lion's den, he gets thrown in there. He had favor with the king, and this, this is a pagan king, but he says, or oh, I'm just going to pray and fast, believing that will protect Daniel in the lion's den. And Daniel falls into the lion. He gets thrown into the lion's den, and the lions don't touch him, right? And I believe a part of that is because the king decided to pray and fast. We see in the New Testament, Jesus fasts for 40 days in the desert right? And, and then his ministry is birthed out of that fast. But one of my favorite stories on fasting, just because it's a little more intense, it's uh, a little more whatever. I was going to say sexy, but you know, I don't know how you guys feel about that. That's just an adjective I use here and there. Um, it's a little more sexy. It is. So basically there's this demon possessed boy. I believe it's in Matthew 17, specifically in the New King James version of the Bible. And, and there's this boy who's possessed by a demon. And what this, this demon is basically forcing him to have suicidal behavior where whenever there's a fire, he keeps trying to throw himself into the fire. So the disciples, they recognize the spirit and they try to cast the spirit out of this young boy, but they, but they can't cast the demon out. And then Jesus comes over, no problem, Jesus cast the demon out. And they ask him, Jesus, you know, at this point, they had cast demons out before, that God had performed miracles through the disciples, and they're like, they're like God, why couldn't, why couldn't we do it? Why couldn't we cast that demon out? And, and Jesus says, first and foremost, man, you, you need faith the size of a mustard seed. You need to have faith. 
But he also said this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. Church, here's what I'd like to suggest. There's something that amplifies and intensifies our prayers when we pray and we fast. There's something about prayer and fasting that grabs hold of God's ear in a unique way. And I don't know why, but that's what we see through the scriptures. It's one of those like spiritual secrets, okay? If you want to see breakthrough, if, if, if you want to see addictions fall off, right? If you want to see that wayward kid come home, I want to suggest to you whatever your need is, I, it's specifically on this 21 days, I would say get those one or two needs, I'm specifically praying about this, and I am believing and trusting that you'll experience breakthrough. I think that's what prayer and fasting does. So that, that's my spiel, my spiel on, on fasting for the next 21 days. And like I said, it can be food, it can be something else, but give something up. And, and I want to encourage you, something that's going to sting a little, something that's going to sting a little because it's worship. You know, and then tonight we're going to start off our heaven come and what greater way to start off fasting than with some worship. So it'll be good. Is that okay? Anybody learn anything? All right. Come on. Praise the Lord. Everybody's still awake too. Praise God. Well, happy new year, everybody. Happy new year. Come on. It's a new year. I want everyone to be honest in the room. Who's already given up on their new year's resolution. (laughs) I'm the only one. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But I, I looked up some statistics, I read some statistics, and it says 40% of people have given up their New Year's resolution by the end of January. We're a committed people. Amen. <laughs> and then by February 15th, okay, so two weeks later, 75% of people have given up. It's wild, huh? Apparently, the University of Scranton, they completed a study to find out that only 8% of people actually achieve their New Year's resolutions. Only 8% of people. And the reason I bring some of these up is because over the next few weeks, as we, as we piece this, this upcoming series together, you know, at both campuses, at both campuses we're going to be um, casting vision for Destiny Church for the next year, but also for the next decade of everything we want this church to be, what we want our identity as a church. And, man, we've been doing a ton of foundational work. Reworking really the groundwork of the church, re, re um, you know reevaluating what our core values are, what are, you know what what are our mission statement, looking at the, the the core of us as a church, and what we've really landed on in essence is what we want to model the most, what we want to be like the most, what the goal is is to be the church of the New Testament that we see in Acts two. That that's ultimately what we want to be in in present day. Now. Before I go any further, I read this quote by Walt Disney this week, and, and I want to read this before I move on. It says, the way to get started is to quit talking and start doing. The way to get started is to quit talking and start doing. And the reason I say that is because if we, you know, this is a great uh, desire. This is a great vision. This is a great hope that we would be the church of Acts 2, that we would be the New Testament church. But if all we do is talk about it, If all we do is talk about the church God has intended and purposed and called us to be, if we only talk about it and never do, we'll never become the church God has purposed and called us to be. Amen? So maybe some of you are in the room and you're like, the church I asked to, New Testament church, I'm lost. What are you talking about? So I have this nice little chunk of scripture here to break it down and to show you the behavior and the traits and the characteristics, the fabric of the New Testament church. And we get a really good look when we read through Acts 2, verses 42 through 47. It says this, all the believers, all of them, say all, all, all of them. There wasn't any slackers, all right? 
all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Right? It says all the believers, they were a devoted people. They were devoted to meeting with one another. They were devoted to fellowship, right? They were devoted to the teachings. They were devoted to the scriptures. Verse 43, it goes on, a deep sense of awe came over them all as the apostles performed miraculous signs and wonders. Come on, do you want Destiny Church to be a place where God does the miraculous? Come on, do you want Destiny Church to be a place where we see the wonders of God? Come on, do you still believe that God's able Come on, for today, amen, I want to see it too. In verse 44, and all the believers met together in one place and they shared everything they had. We see the New Testament church in Acts 2, they were a generous people. Verse 45, they sold their possessions uh, or they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They were compassionate. 46, they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in home for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and, and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And check this out. It says, each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved, because who wouldn't want to be a part of a community like this, right? So in 2020, Pastor Chad, for those who don't know, you know, we're two campuses. He's our visionary pastor. He's our lead pastor. Uh, he, he really wants to challenge Destiny Church as a whole to be the church. And, and to, to, to be the church, we have to go back to the church in its purest form. And we believe that's witness in Acts 2. And, and, but, but here's the deal. To be the church of Acts, we have to act, right? To be the church of Acts, we have to to act. So as we go through today's message, as, as we go through the, the, the content in its entirety, I want you to ask yourself this question. What area or areas of my life do I need to act? What area or areas of my life do I need to act? What areas of my life do I need to stop talking about it and start doing? Like if, if 2020 is going to be different, if, if this new decade is, is really going to be better, we need to evaluate. Where do I need to start, stop talking? Where do I need to start doing? You know, all of us, when, when we talk about the changes we want to make and the resolutions we want to make, uh, I think a lot of times we make those with good intentions. But I think it's important that we identify or, or we, we are made aware that our intentions are sometimes just that. They're our intentions. And that doesn't necessarily mean that, th th that they're necessarily not beneficial to our life, but I think it's important as we evaluate uh, the changes we want to see in us in 2020, are these our intentions or are these God intentions? I think there's a difference between good intentions and God intentions, right? So as we evaluate the changes that we want to see in us, I think first we have to come to the agreement, is, is this God's? Is this God's intentions for me, or, or is this just myself? Are my intentions centered around glorifying and honoring God? Like, like this is what I would like to be different about my life. Um, but first evaluating, is it God's intention, or is it just my intention? We have to align our intentions with him. So as we move forward with the message today, I really just have two questions that I, I want to ask you and, and just give you some food for thought. But I believe if, if we take these 
questions, if we take them home with us, if we evaluate them, chew on them a little bit, digest them, I, I think that as we answer these, I think that they could dramatically impact us and, and help us propel us into who God's calling us to be. Amen? So here it is. First question. Where does God want me to stop talking and start doing? Where does God want me to stop talking and start doing? What areas of my life need to be different in 2020? Where does God want me to stop making excuses and act? Wait, where does God want me to stop talking and start doing? What does God want to be different about me in my life this year specifically? Think about it. What does God want? And I think for a lot of us, we, we know. I think for a lot of us, we know what God wants. We know where God wants us to change, but we just haven't done it. We just haven't done it. Where does God want you to act in 2020? What do you, what do you believe God wants to, to be different about your life? So I have this small homework assignment here for you um, in, in terms of this concept of where does God want my life to be different? I want, you to, I want you to go home or even throughout this series or throughout this sermon, I want you to take some time and write down, man, I know this, this is what's on my heart. The whole time Pastor Mark's talking, this, this is what's on my heart. This is what I need to put down. This is what I need to pick up. This is where I need to go. This is where I need to stay or, or whatever it is, whatever he's putting in your heart to do. Right, I want you to write it down, but don't just write it down this week. Right after it here, we need to start doing something about it. We need to act. It's time to step into it. And I know it's, you know, it's not January 1st anymore. It's not New Year's anymore. Maybe some of y'all already made New Year's resolutions, but here's the deal. It's just a date, and we can restart. We can start fresh right now. Here's what I need to do. Here's what I need to step into. Here's the call that I need to answer. And when we align our hearts with what God has for us, right? When we align our will with his will, when we stop making excuses and we just act, there's nothing that will be able to stop us from accomplishing what God's put in our heart to do. Amen? Okay, so that was question number one. Question number two, why does God want this area of my life to be different? Why? Why does God want this area of your life to be different? Church, I think when we connect the spiritual why with the spiritual what, there's power and drive to accomplish the what. Like, like where does God want this to be different in my life? Why does, why does God want me to get my health in order? Why does God want me to better, be a better husband or better spouse? Or why, why does God want me to get my finances under control or join a life group or forgive my parents, practice my spiritual disciplines more? Why? why? Why does he want me to attend church more faithfully? Why? Because it would make Pastor Mark very happy. No. Just some examples, like, why does God want me to get my health in order? Well, my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, right? And, and God wants you to honor him by, by in, in caring for your body so you can live long, effective days on earth. Amen? This is, this is the why behind the what. what. Why does God want me to be more consistent in my spiritual disciplines? Why? Because when I spend more time in prayer, when I spend more time in the word, it gives me wisdom. It helps me become more like Jesus, amen? It makes me a, a, a better person overall. It makes me more generous, more caring. It even makes me more aware of the enemy's schemes. This is the why. 
behind the what. It makes me desire more of God in my life. The why behind the what. And when you connect the spiritual why with the what, there's power and drive to accomplish the what. So church, if we're going to stop talking and start doing, we need to identify the why behind our what. And, and, and think about this. When, when you know what God wants for you, if what is stirring on the inside of you is a God idea, there is no excuse that should keep me from stepping into that very thing he's called me to do. So let me tell you this. In, in 2020, let's agree. We're done talking about it. We're done making excuses. It's time to act. It's, it's time to start doing. You know, like, I think as me and Chad were talking, he was so passionate. He's like, I want this to be a year of doing for Destiny Church. If we're going to possess the promised land God has for us, we have to act. Like, we, we have to act. So I want to look at a story from the Old Testament where God required a man to act. And if you have your Bibles flipped to Exodus 4, I think this is a story we're all pretty familiar with, but it's such a prime example of when we use excuses to not step into the thing God's calling us to. In Exodus 4, we see God chooses one man, right? One man, Moses, and he asked him to do something out of his comfort zone. He asked him to do something beyond himself, something he was unqualified to do, something he was fearful of, something he was scared to do, something he didn't want to do, um, and isn't that the way God works sometimes? Like, I, I remember, you know, I, I even can identify just with Moses. I think about that, that tug to go into ministry. And man, I was like, you know, I just made bad decisions. And I just knew, like, I, I, I'm disqualified. I'm not good enough. No one in my family's in ministry. Like, how am I? I don't even know where to start. What am I going to do? All the excuses. I just, man, I think, I think that would be really good, but... I don't know. As I, I was prepping this and reading through it, I was, I was reminded of all my excuses. And you know what? I finally just had breakthrough when I just decided to act regardless of all the brokenness, right? Regardless of all the doubts and all the fear, it was like, all right, I'm just going to jump off this cliff and God, you're just going to have to catch me. And I, I think that's what it is. If we look for excuses, you'll find them. But if you act, it's almost as if it forces God. You know, he's, he's true to his word. He's true to his word. He has to meet us in that place because that's who he is. So uh, let's look at this conversation here. This is Moses' response when God tells him, Moses, it's, it's time to act. Like, like I, I want you to act. And you know, before I go on, a lot of those things, I think a lot of times we feel pressed or we feel convicted to do a certain thing. And, you know, it's kind of like we can see the destination. It's like, God's calling me to do that, but this is where my capabilities run out. <laughs> right? Anyone been there? Anybody ever felt like that? Like, God, you're, you're telling me to do that, but you realize you're talking to Mark, right? Like, that's me. Or, or God called me to this, but this is where my... This is where my fear stops me. I, I can't get beyond this, right? This is where, God, you, you, called me, you called me to this, but this is where my personality runs out. I'm not fit for that. I can't, I can't accomplish that or do that. In, in all that in-between space, you know what? I, I, I think the Lord almost allows that on purpose because it forces us to trust him. It, forces, it gives him room to show up and, and, it show, and it gives him room to be glorified, right? 
So if, if you feel that little empty space, like I run out here, but this is where he's called me to, that's a really good um, uh, decider that you're called. <laughs> that, that, that's a calling on your life. Like this is a little beyond me. Yeah, trust God to intervene. And we see one of those conversations with here, uh, right here in Exodus 4 with Moses and God. So God, in essence, he calls Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt and, and set the slaves free. And here's Moses' response. But Moses pleaded, this is verse 10, but Moses pleaded with the Lord, oh Lord, I'm not, I'm not very good with words. I, I've never been, and I'm not now, and even though you've spoke to me, anyone ever been there? God, I know you're telling me to do that. I know I'm not supposed to do it, or I know I'm supposed to do it, or I know I'm supposed to stay, or I know I'm supposed to go. I, I, even though you spoke to me, right, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. God, I don't have the personality to do it. God, I, God I'm not gifted enough. God, I, God I'm too, I, I, even though you, I know you spoke to me, but I'm, I'm too fearful. I'm, God, I, I can't do that. And Moses says, I get tongue-tied. I, I get my words tangled. And Man, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Man, that sounds familiar. God, I know you told me to leave the job. I, I know you told me to adopt the kid. I know you told me to start the group, but I can't. I, I, I'm busy. I'm not qualified. I'm not gifted. I, I, I don't want to do that. I just don't want to do it, right? It, it's too hard. Excuses. And this is what Moses did. But I love how God responds. Exodus 4, verses 11 through 12. It's like the Lord just kind of slaps him and says, listen to me. The Lord asked Moses, Moses, Moses remind me, who, who makes a person's mouth? Who, who decides whether people speak or don't speak? Who decides if they hear or don't hear, if they see or they don't see? Is it not I, the Lord? Listen, you don't have any excuses that are justified. If I called you to do it, I will sustain you through it. You need to act. Quit talking. Quit making excuses. Move. Right, so the verse goes on. Yeah, it's good. Verse 12, he says, now go. Everybody say, now go. Now go, I will be with you and speak, and I will instruct you, I will instruct you what to say. And that's really today's challenge, church. Like, get going. Now go. You know, if it's in your heart, if, if you know what it is, stop. Stop just talking about it. Stop making excuses. It's time to act. It's time to step. Go. And God says, I'll be right there with you. I'll be, I'll be right there with your mouth. I'll, I'll be right there. I'll teach you what to say. And I don't know what's stirring in your heart individually and specifically this morning, but I do know if it's God stirring it, he's right there with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. And in him, we are more than conquerors. We have to trust him at his word. Don't let your inaction or your excuses limit a limitless God. A limitless God. So if there's something the Lord wants to be different in your life in 2020, do you believe God is going to help you achieve it? God is going to help you get it done? Or do we assume that God just wants us to flop and we're just going to flop and that's going to be the way it goes? Like as we kick off 2020, I challenge you, no more earthly excuses, no more discrediting the power of God. It's time to stop talking and start. Come on.
50% of you are listening. That's better improvement from the, <laughs> we're getting better. It's time to stop talking and start doing. Kim, you can come on up in the keys if you don't mind. In closing, I want to give you really just two quick practical thoughts from this text uh, that I feel like we can kind of rip out of this conversation Moses has with God here. And, and the first little practical thought here is this. Number one, now we do. Now we do. No more talk. No more planning. Now we do. No, no excuses. Quit, quit just you know, it, it's not just that that would be a good thing. That would be cool. That would be good. No, now, now we act. Now we do. And, and some of you, you know what God's asking you to do. You know what he's called you to do. You know what he's placed in your heart. And this year, church, I say, let's just go for it. Let's just step into it. Quit delaying. Quit procrastinating. If God, has, if God has shown you what he wants to be different in 2020, you go. You do your part. Now we do. Now we do. And, and there's no over-spiritualizing it, saying, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Mm, I am. <laughs> like, I am seriously, I'm going to get my health in order once the Lord takes these cravings away, okay? <laughs> no, 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 no. Now we do. It doesn't matter how you feel. Now you do. You know what? If you're scared, do it scared, right? If you're broken, if you're broken, do it broken, okay? If you don't have the personality for it, that's okay. Hopefully the Lord will give you a little more pep in your step and you'll be all right, amen? That's all right. He'll meet you there. Do we trust him enough? Do we trust him enough? I don't know what he's put in your heart. I don't know, I don't know what he's spoken to you, but, but he, he, here's what I want to encourage you as, as your pastor and as your shepherd. It's time to do. And God told Moses in Exodus 4, it, it, you know, summarize. He says, if, he says, if you do your part, I'll do mine. If you do your part, I'll do mine. So the first little challenge, first little practical thought, one, now we do. Ready for number two? Okay. Trust God to do the rest. Trust God to do the rest. Trust him. Here, here's what happened. God said, God said to Moses, go, and, 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 but, but you have to go, but when you get there, I'll help you. I'll teach you. I'll give you the words to say. But Moses first had to get there, right? Moses, Moses first had to walk up to the king and say, ugh. I want you to let my people go, right? The words just started flowing out, confidence and boldness. But Moses had to first walk up those stairs, fight through the fear, fight through inadequacy, look that king in the eye and say, okay, right? And then God met him in that place. But some of us are unwilling to take those first steps so, so we can't see all come to fruition that God has for us. We got we to trust them. It's almost like God implied, I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to teach you until you go. But, but if you take the first step in faith, right, I'll meet you right there. I'll carry you through it. I'll, I'll sustain you. I'm the supplier of all your needs. Amen. You do what I told you to do, and I'll do what you're incapable of doing. So 2020, church, it's, it's the year to stop making excuses. It's the year to stop just talking. Now we do. And, and we trust God to do what we're incapable of doing. 
So let's vow as a church, we're gonna, we're gonna stop making excuses and we're gonna act. We're gonna act, amen? We're, we're gonna trust, and we're, we're gonna act and we're gonna trust God to do the rest. And in 2020, um, you know, uh, even as you leave here today, I want you to search in your heart. I want, you, I want you to discern. I want you to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. As you come to heaven, come tonight, because I know you're all coming tonight and I'm excited about that. Um, even while you're here in his presence, God, what, what do I need to stop talking about? And what do I need to start doing? Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.